a visit with President Biden in the White House on episode number 53 of To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble shares the opportunity that he and his family had to visit with President Joe Biden in the Oval Office at the White House. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people. Welcome to To Be Encouraged. This is the podcast where Bishop Julius C. Trimble from the Indiana area of the United Methodist Church offers an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, episode 53. It's all about the conversation, the visit that, that Bishop Trimble was able to have recently in the White House, in the Oval Office, with President Joe Biden and Bishop Trimble's family. It was a great opportunity, and he shares in depth with me and with you about what it was like, how he got the invitation in the first place to go to the White House, what it was like to to be there going through the protocols and the security and so on, to enter the Oval Office, how President Biden made an instant connection with with Bishop Trimble's granddaughter, four-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, and the special and warm moments that were shared, and an important conversation that Bishop Trimble and President Biden had about uh, an issue that was pertinent to you and me in our local church and in our communities. That's very important. We go on to talk uh, in more in-depth about the relationship between church and state and about servant leadership. Some great conversation we have here that's going to be relevant to you. Uh, Bishop Trouble had this unique opportunity and he takes you behind the scenes and what it would be like to have a visit at the White House to visit with the president. Fascinating conversation. When we come back on the other side of the conversation, I'll offer us some, uh, some takeaway points and talk about some upcoming guests we're going to have on to be encouraged. Right now, let's get into our conversation with, with Bishop Julius C. Trouble about his visit to the White House with President Joe Biden. We're talking to Bishop Trouble today about a wonderful and unique experience that he had not long ago, where he and First Lady Rosenda Granberry Trouble were able to have an opportunity to visit the White House and to meet and to have a conversation with President Joe Biden. So we're going to talk about that here today. Bishop, welcome to the podcast, and what a wonderful opportunity that you had. Uh, thank you, Dr. Brad. It uh, was a wonderful opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and to the White House and uh, to do that in the, in the month of uh, 
February. Uh, but it's also a wonderful time to just say a word of encouragement to our listeners uh, during this uh, uh, season of Lent as we draw even closer uh, to the Holy Day of Easter. Uh, and we just pray that people will experience the risen Christ, not only as a day and a time of worship, but also as a season of hope and renewal. With so many things going on in the world, people need to know that God loves them and that God has defeated both evil and death, uh, and that life um, life is the, is the final victory. And so we give thanks to Jesus Christ, and we just ask blessings upon those who who received this podcast. A season of hope and renewal. We're recording this just a few days for free for Palm Sunday. And and uh, really, there's hey, there's nothing better than Easter, right? There's nothing better than Holy Week. It's the reason why, why we exist. And that's, thank you for sharing that good word there. Um, but you had a unique experience here, Bishop. Uh, you were able to go to the White House, you and First Lady and and uh, tell us, I do, I'm just really interested and curious how this came about in the first place. How did you end up with an invitation? Let's kind of walk us through a little bit what happened here. Yeah, well, it's, it's amazing the things over the course of 40 years. You and I have been in ministry about the same amount of time, Brad. But uh, over the course of 40 years, the doors that have been opened and the, and the opportunities and, and experiences that I've had and uh, my family's had as well. Our oldest son, Cameron, uh, was formerly employed uh, as a staff person in the Biden administration uh, in the area of digital communications. Uh, and he had previously worked with the uh, Biden campaign for president and then was hired uh, uh, in a position regarding, you know, digital communications and media uh, uh, communications as well. And so he, he, he left the White House for private for a private uh, company uh, consulting uh, firm. And uh, as part of the policy there, they, if former staff people had an opportunity to come take a picture in the Oval Office and they could invite their family members to take a picture and have a brief meeting, I say brief, emphasize brief meeting with, with the president. And so we got a call uh, about a week or so before uh, we were to come, this is in February, and uh, he said, uh, hey, mom and dad, uh, are you able to come and uh, take a picture with the president? And uh, and if, if all of our, if all <laughs> of our family, yeah, I said, let me think about it. <laughs> my, wife said, my, wife said, my wife said, I'm going, I don't know what your dad's going to do. <laughs> It should, that should have been like a split second decision there, if, if any instantaneous. My goodness, yeah, what yeah. a what an opportunity! So it was yourself and first first lady, and yeah, and, but it and, was also our, our our daughter Candace and her her husband Herman and our granddaughter Corinne. So the only person, uh, our youngest son who lives in California, could not make that quick huh. turnaround, and, and you know that would have been a pretty expensive endeavor sure. uh, at, at a, with a short notice. He wasn't able to join us, but most of our family, and it was it was truly a, uh, truly a highlight. In fact, the fr we, we let Corinne was the first one to walk in. And I think uh, when you, you know this as a granddad, you know, if you got a, if you got a little grandchild as, as beautiful as our little granddaughter is, or your grandchildren are, yeah. and you know, that, that's the first thing the president saw was, was a little four and a half year old girl wow. come in to, 
to say hello to, to the Mr. President. So it was wonderful to take the photo, actually be in the Oval Office, which is pretty, pretty impressive. It was on one end of the office, there were photographer, there was an official photographer, okay. and then there were several, several other people with cameras and cell phones right. uh, take, taking pictures. And there was a line of people, former staff persons, I think staff and former staff persons okay. who, had, who had come. So we had a slotted time uh, and it was pretty extensive. You don't just walk up to the White House and go into the White House. Well, I am curious about you. First of all, <laughs> first of all, how cool. I just got to say how incredibly cool experience you had. But I'd like to hear a few details. Uh, but you said you just don't walk up. Well, what did you do? What kind of, uh, I don't know, sec security protocols, whatever. What is it? What happened there? Well, it's pretty ex expensive, extensive. I'm not, I don't want to divulge anything. Hopefully I'm not sure. breaking anything. But you don't, you, you have to have an appointment. There's, there's an exterior entrance. I mean, you're, you're blocks away actually from the, from the, from the White House that you have to go to and, you know, a gate to, and, to, and Secret Service begins checking you uh, to make sure you're on a list right. to actually have a formal visit in the White House. Someone escorts you to to go through uh, go through security on on two two different places uh, before you actually enter into the uh, into the grounds, if you will. And we had to walk a little bit to actually. It was a little chilly on that day. As a matter of fact, it was a little chilly and. Uh, and then we had to wait, of course. Uh, we had to wait, and we also had to do uh, COVID testing. So all of that has to happen. You know, you don't just walk in. You have to have a COVID testing. You have to be on a list of visit of formal visitors, and and you have to be cleared by the Secret Service in order to in order to get in. And uh, so we we went through all of that protocol because our son had worked there. Uh, we we met a, not, a number of people that knew him and had worked with him. In the, in the White House and some, he had, he'd worked on Capitol Hill for many, many years. And so he, he knew a lot of people that we, we, we so we, we, we were, we were, you know, you know how at some point you become somebody's dad, it's not oh, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Cameron had, he knew President Biden through previously, is right. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say they were close buddies, but. Right. But, was, but. Yeah, but, yeah, but he was on. He was on. He was, on, you know, one of many staff people. Sure, I understood. That worked, worked at the White well, House. Well, so, what so. what were your first impressions? Let's just say you you said your granddaughter Corinne walked in first, but you and First Lady and the rest right. of your family came. What was your first impressions of going through the hallways or whatever you do and the entering well, the Oval Office? Well, it's you know it's beautiful, beautiful, you know, beautiful wood and and at one point we were in. I want to think. I can't think of the name. I think it was the Roosevelt Room waiting. To come to the, into the White House, a building across okay. the street, uh, uh, a, a library room, beautiful, just beautiful, uh, uh, you know, stately-looking building, uh, uh, and you're going past numerous security, like numerous security spots where where there where there are uh, Secret Service officers, some uniform and some not in uniform, uh, uh, and then to walk into the Oval Office was like a moment of like, wow. This is, you know, I've kind of, wow. I've seen, seen pictures of this. I said, this is actually, it's a pretty big office. First of all, it's a pretty big office, and they had it, had it arranged. But the desk is the same desk. I think that's been there long before President Biden became president. Mm -hmm. But, but it's a pretty impressive desk. And uh, first person who got a chance to, to greet the president was Corinne, our granddaughter, and 
he picked her up and sat her on the desk. Oh wow! How how to, that is cool. So she'll she'll be able to look back at that as an adult and say, "Wow, here I was, uh, you know, before I started kindergarten, I had a picture with the picture with the president." But yeah, play a picture. We weren't in there very long. I would say less than five minutes, maybe five minutes. But I did get a chance to say a word or two to the president. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. What kind of message did you have to share? And how did your actual conversation go with President Biden? Well, he greeted me. He greeted me as bishop. I guess I had on a, a, a Episcopal collar and shirt right. and my pen. So he greeted me as bishop and, and began to say, you know, he, he'd been he was familiar with the Methodist Church. Uh, and uh, and I, I think. I thanked him for being president and said, you know, I've always prayed for presidents and that you, he was no different than, than previous presidents. I pray for the people who have been put over in this tremendous responsibility. And I thanked him for his state of the union address, which had just happened with it, would it happened, you know, not long before we got there. And, and I, and I, one of the things I recognized Brad was how much, how, how much a president works because, we didn't get our picture taken. I want to say it might have been like seven something in the evening or something like that. Okay. And he had been working, you know, he had traveled that day someplace else, flown back into D.C., had been meeting with congressional leaders. So I said, they put in some, I thought I worked some long hours. <laughs> I said, wow. and there were, there were a lot of people behind us that were still waiting to come in and take a picture. So I'm thinking, I said, I said, he's not going to, he's not going to be going to bed for a while. Well, that's great. He greeted you as bishop, and you talked a little bit about the Methodist Church. Were you able to have any further conversation? You said you thanked him for, and for his message and so on. And I did. I said, I said this, and and I, I said this, and I I had thought about this. I said, if I get a chance to speak to the president, I didn't know what the if we would even be able to speak. Yeah. So, but I did get a chance. I said, you know, we've got to do something about banning assault weapons and doing oh, something my. about about reducing the number of deaths. And he just said, Bishop, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And so I got that word in. I, I, and I just said, you know, I know it's not all on you. I said, it's not all on you. I said, we, the church, we need to do our part as well. But I said, I said, I said, Mr. President, I said, we've got to do something. We're, we're losing too many people to gun violence. And he said, Bishop, I agree with you. So was that the primarily what he had to share with you. Did he have anything else to share with you or your family? Well, he, he just thanked us, uh, thanked us for being there and said, you know, welcome to the, welcome to the Oval Office. And, and he, I think he was so, in, he was enthralled. I'm saying this because I watched it with, with Corinne, who, who uh, just by her smile alone could, you know, to light up a room. Uh, but but the, the, he shook everybody's hand and looked, you know, you know how someone could be personally present with you. Yes. And I, I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe they go through training for this. <laughs> sure. But but I mean, he had already taken quite a few pictures with previous families right. before our before our time. But he looked at each person. He shook everybody's hand and he, he, Cameron spoke with him first briefly and, and introduced each one of us. This wow. is my mom. This is my dad, Bishop Trimble. This is my sister, uh, and he shook everybody's hand individually. Uh, and uh, did you feel? And, you, did you feel a connection at that moment? Or did your rest of your family feel like a personal connection? Is what I'm getting at here now. I felt like I said this is a. I felt a personal connection, and since this is a democracy, mm-hmm. and and I praise God for being an American, 
uh, and saying, you know, I don't know if this could happen anywhere else. Uh, and I know this doesn't happen for everybody, uh, but I, I thought I, I was thankful for the privilege, thankful for the privilege. Well, what an opportunity, what a thrill for you and your family. And uh, I want to thank you for being there, kind of representing United Methodism and the best of that to be in that presence. And I'd like to go with you now in this conversation to kind of set the set the stage for, let's just say you're able to have uh, a deeper discussion either with President Biden or other national leaders about, but, but the state of the uh, connection between bodies of faith and, and government. This is a point of tension and give and take and a lot of, uh, a lot of concern among a lot of folks these days. And tell me kind of your thoughts about the state of things and what the conversation with President Biden or others might be about how we continue to live together as men and women of faith of various different uh, stripes of that, of course, and then our government and how we can uh, relate to one another. Some of the things that the president, our current president, has said, you know, uh, I really pray that he can be successful. That he talked about, you know, trying to in, try to increase the unity in the country. Uh, he even talked about the soul of the nation and and some, you know, using euphemisms like that. Uh, and uh, I, 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 you know, if I had an opportunity to be in a lengthier conversation, it really would be about what can we do. Uh, as people of faith, uh, as people who've been elected to serve the public, to really increase, I think it was John Adams and some of the others who who helped who helped put together the Constitution itself, the common good. You know what? And I really wrestle with what does that mean for? Where he always, you know, Biden likes to talk about the working class background he comes from, mm-hmm. but you know there are millions of people who are just. Brad, just trying to make it from day to day. Yes. They could, they could care less about some of the uh, political theatrics and some of the cultural, cultural wars and, and the way in which we are othering people. They just, they're just trying to feed their families. Uh, they're trying to find a, a affordable housing. Uh, they're trying to stay above water. They're trying to survive. You know, they, somebody gets sick and then they don't want to go bankrupt trying mm-hmm. to pay the pay the medical bills. Uh, so I, 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 I guess I am still hope filled uh, that we can make things better for succeeding generations. Uh, uh, and, and I think that has to do with how do we address the, the common good? We're, we're, we're good. Uh, the church is good at helping people to grieve. Uh, and to be with people when we're grieving, uh, uh, walk with them in times of sickness and healing. Uh, but I really, really hope that we can really work on helping to alleviate some of the preventable suffering. There's so much, mm-hmm. I believe, preventable suffering that takes place. Uh, for example, the issue of mental illness, which we'll be dealing with at a, at a, at, in, in some more of our podcasts. But what can we do? to make sure when people are hurting from an emotional, you know, if you have a cut on your hand, people can see that, you can bandage that. But what if you have a cut in your heart or mm. in your spirit right. and people can't see that? So, uh, you know, I, I would love to say that I live in a state where we spend uh, 
a significant amount on on uh, mental uh, health support. Uh, we have a long way to go in the state of Indiana and as other states do. Uh, but but I, if I had an opportunity really to be in a more lengthier conversation, uh, it really would be about what part can we all play in making uh, life, the quality of life, more uh, uh, not only sustainable, but improve, measurably improve for, for millions millions of people. I think a lot of people want to know that their children can go to school and be safe from people with guns. They want to know that they can live in a community with a railroad going through it and a train not explode in their community and wipe out a big portion of it. Or, po- or poison the water. Or poison the yeah. water, any, any number of things. And we want to think that we can live in a, a country where we can be supportive of other countries that are being you know, attacked by those who would take them over. And I just think there are some of the things that we – Many of us want to, at least. And people like President Biden and you and I are leadership positions are subject to uh, attack and ridicule and, uh, you know, lots of painful points. And what do you think we as clergy, you and I are clergy, and what do you think we as the church can do to be biblically helpful and supportive of our leaders? And what are the, some things that maybe um, we can do in a tangible way? to uh, understand the biblical, the proper biblical perspective of this uh, relationship. Heed the words of, of Micah, of the prophet Micah says, you know, what does the Lord require of you? Uh, when we say, what does the Lord require of you, O nation? Mm. Yes. Oh, oh, leader, oh, uh, prophet, oh, pastor, but to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with God. What is it? And then we have to determine justice is uh, Cornell West and others say justice is love lived out in the public square. So what does that mean? You know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. would say that people should not be dreaming about three meals a day. They should be actually experiencing having access to three three meals a day. People should not be dreaming about shelter and safety and security. They should actually be able to experience that, uh, not as some kind of luxury, but as, as kind of a minimal uh, experience of of life, and we know that everything is not the same across the globe. Thousands, if not millions, of people on on a daily basis are fleeing their homes because of safety, because of famine, uh, because of conflict. Uh, and we know that even right here in the places where we live, there are people who are desperately hoping for a better tomorrow than they are experiencing today. But we have a chance to share a gospel where Jesus says, I have come not only that you may have life, but have life abundantly, have life in fulfillment, have life with a sense of peace. As Jesus says, peace I give unto you. Uh, So I think that we have a message of hope that is rooted in a God who has been and continues to be faithful and expects us to do our little part. Yeah, that, that's our that's your overall word of encouragement, encouragement in, a, <laughs> in anxious and difficult times, which our country goes through, and people in the socioeconomic sectors go through, and the racial divide and violence and all that is all things we've talked about here on our podcast. And so that's some of the things that you would share and be about there. What do you think you have learned from this experience, or maybe we in the church can learn about uh, the 
role in place of a leader like President Biden or the government in our churches? You know, there's a lot of talk about this. But what do you think is the proper understanding of that that role? I think people are given a season to serve and to lead. And the best leaders are servant leaders. So I think the best presidents, when I think now, if you ask me who the greatest president of all time would be, I, I might shock you and say, well, the greatest president of all time, he had only one term, and his name is President Jimmy Carter. Because I think he has given witness to what one's life might be committed to beyond just being the elected leader. But what does it mean to be a servant leader and to give one's life in that in that season, uh, a season that has, you know, lasted for decades in the case of President Jimmy Carter. So I think President Biden, he has a season. I don't know if he's a one term or two term president, uh, but. It looks like he's trying to get certain things accomplished in his in his first term. And my prayer is that whatever uh, he is seeking to do that would bring, uh, again, increase the quality of life, uh, address the things that that harm our children and hold back our families, that God would find favor and bless him in that season of leadership. Likewise, for me, Mm -hmm. that that if God would find favor in my season to be a truly be an encourager for people like Brad Miller and, and for millions of others, if, if God so desire that then, then as, uh, as the song says, then my living will not be in vain. Love to hear that. And, you know, I, I'm a disbeliever that uh, people who can serve with humility and heart and great vision and passion are the kind of leaders I want to follow. That's one of the reasons I, I'd love to follow you and your teaching and some of the things we talked about here and and uh, with the Easter season upon us. I'd just like to give you, and the President Biden, I have to say, I'm just personally a fan of his head, of his heart, and his uh, humility and his leadership as well. I'll just share that. But I'd like to give you an opportunity, Bishop, to share any words that you'd like to share with our listening audience as we or in the Holy Week and Holy Season, or or anything about President Biden, or anything you'd like to share here for a few moments, and then maybe to lift up a prayer. Yeah, I'd like to just say, you know, I, I continue to pray for all of our elected officials uh, in, locally. I think we ought to be praying for whether if you're in a city, uh, your mayor, uh, if you're in a town, your your county, your county, your county supervisors, and so forth. And and our, if you're a layperson, pray for your pastor. Uh, if you're a pastor, pray for your people. Uh, uh, and if you're a teacher, pray for your students. And if you're a student, pray for your teachers. So I, I think we ought to just we ought to just continue to do that. I, I, it's a quote that comes from my youngest son who's visiting us now uh, that I think he posted recently. He said the first act of peacemaking is to smile. How, is, how about that, Brad? You, we ought to love we ought, that. We ought, we ought to retweet that one. The first act of peacemaking is to smile. That guy ought to write a book. What do you think? Yeah, that's right. We ought to, <laughs> we ought to write a book on that. Yeah. And, and I want to close, friends, with a prayer that I have written for the Lenten season that's being shared by the leaders of the United Methodist Church in Indiana. But I, I hope you will hear this prayer uh, for everyone uh, as I close. Loving God, you are great and awesome, worthy of being praised. Your living words remind us there is a time for everything. May this journey toward Easter be a journey of joy. The joy of knowing as we pray for others, we are being prayed for. 
As we lavish kindness in an often cruel world, we taste and see the goodness of your grace. The joy of lids of limitations being lifted up and new vision of what can be. There is nothing too hard for you, God. Surprise us. Help us to do the hard things. Grant us a part in a breakthrough season for the Indiana Conference in accordance with your will. Grant us a part in a breakthrough season for our own lives in accordance with your will. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, the miracles and open doors before us. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And thank you for sharing a good word today. And again, congratulations, Bishop, on a wonderful experience at the White House. And thank you for sharing this those intimate moments with your family with us, your listening audience here on the To Be Encouraged podcast. And I just want to wish you and all of our listeners a very uh, blessed and, and sacred uh, Holy Week and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus at Easter. Thank you. This is the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Treble, the podcast looking to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. Thanks so much to Bishop Julius C. Treble for sharing his experiences about going to the White House to visit with President Joe Biden. I just found it very fascinating, a very uh, cool experience that he was able to have, something that not many of us are able to have. And Certainly a wonderful and special opportunity that he was able to take advantage of and to share a, a word with President Biden and I, about gun violence in particular. And I hope that you heard that takeaway point that President Biden and Bishop Trimble shared how uh, where Bishop Trimble said, we've got to do something about gun violence. And President Biden shared with the bishop, I'm with you on that. I also took away uh, from our conversation today about the importance that Bishop places on servant leadership, and that plays a role in the part of the presidency and government, and certainly in our local churches as clergy and lay leaders of our church of our churches. We need to be people who are servant leaders, and I love the quote that we uh, left the conversation with, which was actually from uh, Bishop Treble's son. Uh, who, whose name is also Julius Julius Tremble, and his uh, quote was, uh, the first act of peacemaking starts with a smile. I think that's um, a good takeaway for us here to, today. A unique and special opportunity, and I hope that you'll take this opportunity to pass this podcast episode along to other folks in your life so they can get an understanding, just a little, a slice of life and what it would be like to visit in the White House. We also hope that you'll join us in upcoming episodes of To Be Encouraged, where we have among our guests, author Sarah Griffith Lund, who's the author of Blessed Youth, which has to do with mental, uh, with mental illness among children and young people and teens. And we also have with us upcoming and soon interview, uh, Professor Peter Maghetto, who's the Vice Chancellor of Africa University. The To Be Encouraged podcast is here to serve you and to bless your life. And we also uh, encourage you and wish you to have a very blessed Holy Week and Easter season and the season after Easter. 
I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, an elder in the United Methodist Church in the state of Indiana, and speaking now for Bishop Julius C. Trimble. We indeed encourage you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.